thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today on Jesus the Healer. And I know this, answers will come for your life. And the Word refreshes us. And the Word helps sets our lives on course. Not just the hearing of it, but the doing of it. So we hear so that we may better know how to do. And so we ask you, get your Bible, get a notepad and take notes. And as you're, as you're listening, release your faith. How can this word that we're teaching today, um, what is it going to do in my life? <clears throat> what am I expecting it to do? And what am I going to do to put it in my life? And so uh, we've been looking at John chapter 17. And we start it in verse one. We invite you, if you haven't seen the previous episodes, go back and watch them. Um, we see this prayer in John chapter 17, listening to Jesus and what his prayer life sounded like. It says, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And look at this. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast known. This is the sweetness of the life we've been brought into is we get to know our Father. We get to know Jesus, amen, fellowshipping with our Father. And whether we realize it or not, our faith is connected to our fellowship with God. That as our fellowship thrives, it will, it will help our faith to thrive. Listen, the faith in our hearts came from God. Where did God go to get faith that he put in us? It's his own faith. He went to himself to take of his faith and put it in us because the faith in us came from him. Don't you realize and don't you know that the faith would be thriving and flourishing in fellowship with the one who gave the faith? <laughs> Amen. And so the more we know him, the more our faith will thrive. Um, I was talking about on a previous episode, and well, let me just go ahead and read this. Psalms chapter 43 and verse three, and this is the Amplified Classic translation. It reads, Oh, send out your light and your truth. 
Let them lead me. What's he talking about? He's talking about revelation of the word that when we, we get the word in us and it is a light to our feet, we gain revelation of it. Amen. And when we do, they'll lead us. How do we know that, that the truth is finding its way in our heart? We're letting it lead us. And then it reads, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Well, what's that talking about? Well, under the old covenant, they would talk about locations where they would turn toward holy hills. But how many of you know now the greater ones in us? Yes. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. But what we could really say this as and still be correct and read it as, oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into your presence. Yes. Mindful of his presence. His presence is ever in us, but we're not ever mindful of his presence that's in us. When we're mindful of the greater one that's in us and we turn inward instead of looking to circumstances out here or looking to the flesh, looking to feelings or emotions, but we turn toward our spirits, then we're turning toward the place where life issues out of. Amen. And so verse four of Psalm 43 says, then will I go to the altar of God. Look at this, to God, my exceeding joy. He is, he ex- the joy of his fellowship exceeds everything else. The joy of living aware of his presence. It elevates everything of our life. Because he's in us, he, listen, he's also a father. He longs for fellowship with his children. You know, if you are a parent that has children, you long for the fellowship of your children. God is ever, ever bit the same. He, he is a father. He longs for our fellowship. And you know this, that if you're having an, an event and let's say you have four children, but only one child could make it to that event. Cause sometimes not everyone can come for different reasons, but that one child, as much as you enjoy their fellowship, they can never replace the fellowship of the others that aren't there. Right? Right? Because each one brings their own fellowship. That's why you say, well, God has so many children to fellowship with. Yes, but none of them are you. None of them are you. And just as a a natural parent would miss the fellowship of a child that's not, not, that's absent. We don't ever want our father to feel the absence of fellowship because we're not turned toward him. I was talking about on the previous episode, I really just got started. I intended to go further, but I got a little off track. (laughs) Um, I was talking about when my husband and I met. Um, We met and two weeks later, after we met, he contacted me and we began going out uh, on dates together. And then three weeks later, we were married. (laughs) And I only was with him about five or six times from the time I met him to the time I married him. Well, because God spoke to me, God dealt with him. So that's the exception. I say that every time that's the exception, not the rule. Don't try to go out and say, well, that happened that way. Pastor Nancy, you got to do it the way God puts you together. Don't try to replicate the way God puts someone else together. But, um, the reason when my husband and I first started communicating with each other and he, he first started, you know, he asked me out on a date. Oh my gosh, what is this? 30, 40 years. I don't know how long time ago. Um, I wasn't in love with him the first time I met him or the first time I talked with him on the phone. But the thing that kept me 
in that relationship to go further with the fellowship is I enjoyed him. Like I said, when I first knew him, I hadn't fallen in love with him. So it wasn't that I loved him that kept me coming back. It's I enjoyed him. Um, That was the outstanding feature of our fellowship at first. Now, as we went further and God spoke to me and said, he's going to be your husband. The minute God said that to me, I was instantly in love with him. It didn't take, that didn't, that wasn't something that was emotionally built up. That was something that was the plan of God that came into my heart. And, uh, but if we had not first enjoyed the fellowship of one another, we would have never continued to pursue having a relationship and become the relationship of husband and wife. You see, I enjoyed him before I loved him. God loves you. You love him. Don't forget the enjoyment. Don't ever quit enjoying him. How do you keep enjoying him? Give time to him. Give time to him. When my husband and I, um, when we enjoyed each other, it caused us to go further in that relationship. We ended up, of course, other, let me just say it this way. Other things grew out of the relationship because we enjoyed the fellowship. And and I've said this in previous episodes, relationship and fellowship are two different things. A husband, if someone's a husband and wife, that's their relationship, but they can have relationship and really be out of fellowship with each other. You can, you can have a, a daughter and a son that they're, they're of the same family. That's their relationship, but they're out of fellowship with one another. So, uh, God is our, God is our father. We're his child, but we need to enjoy the fellowship within that relationship of him as father and us as child. Because my husband and I, we enjoyed each other in our fellowship, in our enjoyment of that, other things grew out of it. What was it that grew out? Companionship, marriage. We worked together. We ministered together. We had children. Our sons served with us in the ministry. Now I have three grandchildren and now the grandchildren are serving with us. But the beginning place of it all was we enjoyed him. I enjoyed him. He enjoyed me. It was enjoyment. If you lose the enjoyment, that's why people leave relationships. They, their fellowship is broken down because they no longer enjoy one another. Amen. Amen. See what fruit enjoyment produced in our marriage. It produced fruit in our marriage, but we protected that fellowship. We protected our fellowship from wrong thinking. We didn't become critical of one another. We honored one another. We, uh, we valued one another. We appreciated one another because of that. Our, our fellowship and the enjoyment of that fellowship stayed in place. There was never a time I didn't enjoy being with my husband and we enjoyed being together. Whether we were alone together or whether we were in a room full of people, we still enjoyed each other's presence and that held all the fruit intact. 
Amen. So we protected that enjoyment. We chose to keep enjoying each other. It's a choice. It's a choice. And Ed would often say to me, he said, now you remember when the two boys are grown and out of the house, it's back to you and me. We looked forward to that time. Now he left before that time ever came about, but we still enjoyed each other. Um, We would end up um, with everybody out of the house. Parents don't, don't end up with having an empty nest problem because go back to enjoying the one you married. Make sure that that's, that's protected above all because children, they, you know, there's plans for their own life. They get up and they leave. So always protect the enjoyment of the one that's not leaving. (laughs) Really married couples need to protect the, I just enjoy being with them. And if people become getting combative, they, um, find fault with one another it breaks down their enjoyment of each other. It will not only break down the marriage, but it first breaks down the enjoyment, which then breaks down the fellowship. And then once the fellowship is gone, many of them will just walk away from the relationship. Amen. Amen. So protect, to protect your faith, protect your enjoyment of the one your faith came from. Your faith came from God. Protect the enjoyment of Him because your faith will be It'll, it'll flourish and it will thrive in the enjoyment of God. Amen. He is our great joy. I love that I get to travel. It is a complete delight that I get to travel. I loved pastoring for 25 years. I love doing this broadcast, but nothing surpasses the joy of him. He's the highest joy of everything I get to do. Amen. I got born again when I was 19. I got born again not because I wanted ministry. I didn't even realize there then what it meant to be called to the ministry. I had a sense that God had something for me, but I, I, of course, I was untaught, so I didn't even know how to identify what was in my spirit. But the reason, first and foremost reason I got born again was I wanted Him. And after all these years, I still want Him. I don't want... I've chosen not to want anything more than I want him. Amen. I didn't get saved because I wanted a ministry. Although I have a ministry. That's not why I got saved. I got saved because I wanted him. Never let that go down to the bottom of the list. Never let the work of the ministry unseat that first priority of the enjoyment and the fellowship of God. Amen. Paul said this, he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Now you think about Paul here. Paul was a leading voice in the body of Christ when he was alive. He uh, brought more revelation. God used him through to bring more revelation to the body of Christ than any man alive except Jesus, right? In that, that he brought forth wonderful revelations that we're still being blessed by today, right? Yes. He wrote half, of, penned half of the New Testament. Um, in that, miracles were worked under his ministry. Healings, people raised from the dead, the blind seeing, cripples walking. At the end of it all, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, you already said that I may know him. Yes. What's that mean? Thank God for all the fruit of the ministry. Our lives can demonstrate revelation. Our lives can 
demonstrate power, demonstrate manifestations, but without knowing Him, none of those things satisfy. The fellowship of God is what satisfies the longing of the heart, not just demonstrations of power. Thank God for the power of God, but it's Him I enjoy. That's what He invites us into. The highest life is the fellowship with Him. Time with Him, time in His Word. And you can't know anyone without taking time. We have to invest time in it. Why? Because power doesn't satisfy. Even all dominion He's made ours on the earth, but that's not what satisfies the Father's heart and a child's heart. He is the one who satisfies us. Amen. What He gives meets our needs, but only He satisfies our insides. Amen. Amen. Many struggle sometimes to receive what they need. Many that may need healing, get to know the healer. If they need miracles, get to know the miracle worker. They need provision, get to know the provider. When you know him, what flows out of him is easily received. To try to receive these things apart from knowing him is where the struggle comes in for people. They... They, tr- they, they need healing, they want healing, but they don't know how good He is. Yeah. They don't understand how He longs to heal, so they struggle. There was uh, written um, about a certain general in the faith, and this man would have lived in the 1700s. There were many miracles worked under his ministry, many dramatic answers to prayer. And it's written of him. It said, leaders with lesser maturity and less insight than this man might have made miracles and supernatural phenomenon the major focus. But this man of God did not. He stated, I have but one passion and it is the love of God and nothing but him. That's why he could be trusted with miracle power because uh, he he kept God as his focus and not, the impact of how people saw him. Um, Have you ever noticed this? I started this in a previous episode, never finished the story. So I don't even know which episode, but we'll finish it right now. How's that? (laughs) That's not unusual. I'll do that sometimes. Um, But whenever someone, maybe there's someone you long to meet, you think I would love to spend time with them. And, uh, it's fine to have someone that, an example that you admire, but sometimes you get around people that you were looking forward to meet and the more time you're with them, the less, un, the more unimpressed you could become. <laughs> Whether it's a baseball hero, a football hero, you know, sports figure, actor, whatever, whatever. But there's one thing about God. The more you're with him, the more impressed you become. Amen. And uh, we have to make sure that the more we know him, the less we struggle in the things that flow from him. Faith is no struggle to the one who knows him. Think about it. Um, If you have a little two-year-old child, you set them up on a kitchen counter or something. Maybe there's a party at your house. People that come over and that child doesn't know. And a, a big burly man, I mean, he walks up and he sets this little girl on the counter and says, here, baby, jump to me. And she looks at him and goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. But then a 90-pound mama comes 
And she said, here, baby, jump to me. And that little girl go, here we go. And she'll jump off there. Why? The man's stronger. It's not about who's stronger. It's about who you know. That she'll jump for someone she knows. And many times, sometimes we don't move as quickly as we ought. For one reason, we don't know him as we ought. Amen. As we as we spend time knowing him in fellowship with him, learning him through his word, learning him in prayer, following really following the Holy Spirit into the rich fellowship with our father and with Jesus. Amen. Great acts of faith can flow because when God tells you to jump, you jump because you know him. When God tells you to do something, you do something because you know him. You know that anything he tells you to do is not to subtract from your life. That if he tells you to give a certain amount, you give because you know you can't help but have a harvest on it because you know the provider. Uh, if he tells you to pray for somebody, you know that that uh, there's going to be blessing out of it because you know the healer. Amen. And... Uh, like I said, there, there's, a, there's a man who worked closely with Catherine Kuhlman. And he said years ago, he said her fellowship with God made it easy for others to receive their miracle. The more you know him, the more he can flow through you in a greater way because you'll be open to the one you know. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. It reads, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So this spells out for us the dominion that he gave man, right? Um, That he created him to be in charge. He did not create man to be dominated. And then it goes down into Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. It reads, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now notice this. This this shows us a pattern that after God created man, gave them dominion, he would come down and fellowship with them. Why is that? Because God did not intend to simply give man rulership and dominion of the earth and just walk off and leave him with it. During those days in the garden of of Eden, God fellowshiped with them. He communed with them because he designed mankind to be so in union with him that man would subdue this earth from the place of communion with God that they would know his plan for the earth. They would know his mind for the earth. They would know his wisdom. And where would they gain it in times of fellowship with him? In knowing him. Then they would know how better to conduct their own authority and dominion on the earth. Amen. Amen. That that dominion was to flow out of a place of knowing him. 
Hallelujah. Jesus was a, was the example of the kind of life that we're to live, right? That Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He walked in his dominion, <laughs> right? Nothing, dom- no devil dominated when he was on the scene. Amen. So when we, we see then how vital Jesus's communion with his father was to the results he got in his own ministry. Jesus did not get healings and miracles apart from his fellowship with the father. Yes, the anointing of God was upon him. But remember what he said. He stated, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. He's talking about fellowship. He's not talking about miracle power and healing power. Yes, that was the result. But in that place of fellowship, in that time of fellowship, he heard how to be a blessing to men. He heard the mind of God, the directives of God for him. And then he just went out and blessed the people. Just went out and was a blessing to people. And what kind of blessing? He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because he knew his father. He knew that that was the desire of the father. And he knew if I will say what God says, if I will do what God does, the power of God will meet me and the blessing of my fellowship will flow out and become a miracle for the multitudes. Amen. In that place of fellowship, he became more sensitive to what God would say to him when he was out among people. Um, Years ago, I was watching an interview that Larry King did with a precious man of God, Billy Graham. Uh, Larry King had him on his show on Billy Graham's 80th birthday. And he said to Billy Graham, he said, Many men would look back over their life and regret the way they've lived when they get to the end of their life. But he said, here you are in golden years of your life. And he said, you must feel so joyous to know how you've spent your life. And Billy Graham made a statement I'll never forget. He said, I'm the greatest failure of all men. Now think of that. (laughs) Multitudes saved under this precious man of God. But he said, I was too much with men and too little with God. I was in too many meetings to where I was too busy to be with God. And he said, if I would have been more with God, more people would have sensed more of God about me when they were with me. Think of that. No doubt, you know, when you're younger in ministry, younger man in ministry as he was, All those years, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, he was no doubt, his schedule was full with ministry. But once there came time and he slowed down a little bit, and no doubt he entered into a whole other dimension of fellowship. What he was doing, he was lamenting, I could have had more fellowship earlier, right? But I would say this to you. Uh, Don't regret what you've done in the past because Even the spiritual life is a growing process. Our fellowship is a growing process. Just grow further. Be grateful for what you learned in previous years, but 
God offers us more. So let's go into more. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of our book, His Presence Shall Be My Dwelling Place. We invite you to get your copy. It'll be a blessing to you. You can go to our ministry website at deframeministries.org and uh, order that book. Let them know that you need it. We'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this powerful book, His Presence Shall Be My Dwelling Place, Nancy Dufresne teaches how to be more aware of the presence of God on a daily basis. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. We would like everyone attending to pre-register on our website, DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting God to do great things. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.